John chapter 6 verse 63, Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. A warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church. You are in for an uplifting time in God's word. Enjoy the message. What a joy it is to be in that season again. The season of Christmas. The season that is full of mysteries. The season full of rejoicing. The season that God used to enter the world. The season that these days has been misunderstood and commercialized. But today, we'll talk about that season when God entered history as we speak about the Christ of Christmas. The Christ of Christmas. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we thank you, we praise you, and we honor you that we can hear your word and you speak to us about the Christ of Christmas, the one who loves us, the one who came to live among us, the one who came to help us to know you better and to love you better. Spirit of the living God, speak to me, speak through me, speak to your people that will hear you and understand you and be touched and drawn closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep your Bible open at the book of Hebrews. We'll be looking at chapter 1, verse 1 to 14. But let me start by reading Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. It says simply, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. This God, this last days, has spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the wells. Verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high having become so much better than the angels as he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. The Lord bless the reading and the interpretation and application of the word of God to our hearts. Amen. This profound passage from the book of Hebrews tells us about the Christ of Christmas. The book of Hebrews is a very interesting book, and it ought to be studied. Scholars have tried to find out who wrote that book, and they have guessed all kinds of people. But they come back to the same point. Whoever the writer is, that person has a big, big, big idea about who Jesus is, and wants to encourage his readers to have love for Jesus, to have reverence for him, to know that the Lord Jesus Christ is the greatest thing that ever happened to humanity. It's a big deal that Jesus came on earth. And therefore, nobody ought to turn the left or the right to worship any idol, to be involved in any cult, to be engaged in any doubt about the person of Jesus, the humanity of Jesus, or the divinity of Jesus. So, how did he come? 
That's why we talk about the Christ of Christmas. The writer to Hebrews wants us to understand something about God who speaks. God made the world, we are told. God spoke and the world came into being. And there are some who think that after God spoke and the world came into being, God has stopped speaking. No. The writer of Hebrews wants you and I to understand clearly that the God who spoke and the world came into being has not stopped speaking. So in verse 1 we read, God who in the Old Testament spoke through the prophets, through dreams and visions, is still speaking today. That's what the verse 1 says. Clearly, God still speaks. Long ago, God spoke many, many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. God speaks, God spoke through the people, dreams, visions. So in the Old Testament, you hear about so many prophets. The prophet Moses, even Abraham is called a prophet. You hear about Jeremiah, you hear about Isaiah. You hear all these prophets. What were they? They were speaking messages of God to human beings. And sometimes they'll have dream, they'll have vision, where God will give them a picture language that they have to describe, where God will wake them up and speak to them, something that they had to try and grapple with and understand. What was God doing? God was just trying to get the attention of all of these people. You see, there's something about God, that God made us in his image, and God is so eager for human beings to be connected to him. But sometimes we are so occupied, because we are in the flesh, we are so preoccupied with what to eat, what to drink. We are afraid of so many things, things that we don't know. We are afraid of tomorrow. We are afraid of this and that. And so God, in his love, sometimes anoints prophets, people, men and women, endowed by the Spirit, who are so bold enough to tell us, that says the Lord, who choose to do things, and you clearly see that, ah, this man is different. And they are called prophets because they speak God's language to human beings for them to understand. And this writer of Hebrews saying, long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. So you have a God who speaks. But then he goes on to verse 2 to tell us something. And now, in these final days, he has spoken through his son. Yes, God decided that this time, I'm not just going to speak through the prophets. Malachi, Jeremiah, Isaiah, and all of that. No. We are told that between Malachi and the book of Matthew, there were about 400 years when God did not speak through any prophet again. Why? Because the people would not listen. But God said, no, I cannot leave the people without a witness. So God decided to break through history by sending his own son, Jesus Christ, to come and be born among us. That's the Christ of Christmas. So, something different happened. God now speaks through Jesus. So Jesus broke through history. It had been planned long before. And the prophets from the book of Genesis across all, even the book of Isaiah, they all kept talking about somebody who is coming, somebody who is coming, somebody who is coming, even naming the place where he will be born. But nobody saw it. Nobody heard him. You could not even imagine what was going to happen. And like we, we say as human beings, when you've heard something over and over and over again, it hasn't happened. In our language, they'll say, Matia, tia, tia, tia. 
They get bored. People get bored and tired about this. That it will not happen. But this last days, God decided, I'm not going to speak through any prophet, through dream or vision, but I'm going to send my son. When my son comes, his life, his teachings will show who God is. So God decided, this is my decision. The Christ of Christmas will be my son. The mystery of all and how that happened is something that you can use the whole of your time trying to understand. But it is something that you can never understand except you accept it by faith. That God, the God who made the universe, decided to send his son into the world. And he chose Virgin Mary to bear this child. He chose Joseph to be the foster father of this child. This child was born. And even from being in the crib, people could tell. Shepherds could run and say, this, what is this? We saw the angels. They were singing about him. Whoa, what child is this? Magi from the east could come all the way and come and bow down and worship this child. We saw his star. So the poor lady Mary and Joseph, who were down there in the dungeon where this child was born, were wondering, what is this? Well, the Bible tells us that in these last days, God chose to speak through his son. His life, his teachings, and everything that he did showed to us that this one is different. That is how God chose to come to us during Christmas. So Christmas clearly shows that God had moved further, not only speaking through prophets, dreams, and vision, but coming closer to us. A son was going to be born who is like us, who can speak our language, who can do the things that we can understand. Now, verse 3 says it in a very different way. Hebrews 1.3. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from sins, when he had cleansed us from sin, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God of heaven. Let me just take the first part. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God and sustains everything by his mighty power of his command. That's what the Bible tells us about this son who came. He did not come just as a baby to be born. But as I just said, and as you know from the Christmas story, even in his infancy, people could tell that this child is a different child. Yes, children are born, they say they are precocious children, they are, they are genius. So when a child is reading before he's two or three, people say, what child is this? When a child is singing or laughing, we've seen many videos about children who are so young and so intelligent, you wonder, where did they get all of these things from? But Jesus was not that type of child. He was completely in a different, different way. He was not one of those ingenious children or talented children or special needs children. The Bible tells us the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. So the writer of the book of Hebrews gives him a very huge profile. There's not just any child. He radiates the glory of God. You know, have you ever seen the sun? The sun is so bright that you are not able to look at the sun. No, you can't. 
irradiates the goodness, the heat, the shininess. You cannot see it. And sometimes it is only by God's grace that when the sun radiates its brightness to the moon that you are able to see that, oh, that's the moon. Because the moon is passive, receives radiation from the sun and then throws back to us. Or during the day, you see this radiation everywhere. That just a speck from the sun brightens the whole world. You see, the sun that we are talking about is God himself. He's God. He came down as a child of God. He came down. Why? So that we may see his life, we may see his power, we may see his wisdom, we may feel his compassion and know that, yes, we are now getting the real thing, getting in touch with God. Because he'll be different, different from any prophet that ever existed. That is the Christ of Christmas. That's the Christ that is introduced to us. But something that was so special about him is his own life was a life of sacrifice. In John chapter 14, verse 7, we are told about his life. John 14, 7 says, If you had really known me, you would have known who my father is. For from now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. He did not only claim to be the child of the father, he said, if you know him and you know me, then we are one. That was the encounter he had with his disciples. When Jesus was about to die, he was telling his disciples about what was going to happen to him. And they were sad. They were confused. He was telling them, look, I am the one that I say I am. I and the Father are one. I came down here for a purpose. And even though you see me among you, I am divine and I'm human. No. He carried the divinity, the, 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 the presence, the power, the miracles of God in his own life with great balance that they were wondering, who is this? But at the same time also, he humbled himself and was a human being who suffered, who got hungry, who got angry, who got betrayed. And they were wondering who he was. That's a human part of him. And then he could tell the disciples, if you had really known me, if you have seen me, you will know who the Father is. Because God has those parts as well. You see, God is spirit. We can't see God. God is not flesh. But when God came down through his son, he revealed to us the heart of God. You know, some people have this saying that, oh, we don't really care about the God of the Old Testament. That God of the Old Testament looks like a God who just likes causing trouble. He will say, go and kill this person, go and kill this person, go and kill this person. We like the God of the New Testament. Well, Jesus is saying God is God and he's only one God. So he's telling his disciples, look, if you have really known me, you would know who my father is. Because the father has a compassionate side. The father has a part that he can get angry. The father is a just God. Jesus could get angry. He's a just Jesus. He's a loving Jesus. He can do anything. And that's what he wanted his disciples to feel and to know and to know that, yes, this is the one God has truly sent. But apart from that, if this is the one he has sent, the writer of the book of Hebrews wants us to know that he does not fit into any of the categories of people we think about. He's not like Moses. We'll see that later on. He's not like Abraham. He's not like any of the prophets. 
He's not like any preacher. He's not like a rabbi. He's not like even the Levite. He's in a class of his own. Now, in the olden days, people had reverence, great reverence for angels. They said, oh, God has a lot of messengers, and he sends these angels. And so some were tempted to even pray to these angels. Some would, even up to this day, be calling angels to come and help them. And so, when they heard about Christ, you may be thinking, is he an angel? No. The writer says, the Christ of Christmas is not the same as angels. Look at Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 4. The way he puts it so clearly. Hebrews 1, 4, this is the superiority of Jesus compared to the angels. So that if you are worshipping him, you know what type of God you are worshipping. So this shows that the son is far greater than the angels. Just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. You may hear the names of Michael, you may hear the name of uh, Gabriel, you may hear the name of even the fallen angels in the Bible, but he said, no, they are not like him. Remember when Jesus was about to be born, and when he was born, these Gabriel and these angels came, were announcing as messengers of God, trying to convince the parents about the child who will be born, trying to let them know that this child is from God, this child of Christmas. So when this child eventually landed into this world, we are to know that he is the child, Jesus, the Son of God. The second thing we know that this writer of the book of Hebrews wanted his readers and listeners to know is that as far as the status of Jesus is concerned, he is far above anything that we can think about. So when it comes to celebrating his Beth, we are to do it worshipfully. People are saying this is a very difficult year, so we cannot have fun, we cannot drink, we cannot booze, we cannot have chicken, we cannot have rice. I pray that you get some of those things, at least to celebrate. But you know, it is not about eating, drinking, and all of that. Yes, we are in the flesh, so we need some of these good things. But what the Bible wants us to understand is that the Christ who came is the Christ who came to talk to us about salvation. The Christ who came, who God gave to us on Christmas Day, whose birth we celebrate, wants to draw us closer to God. So whatever he did, whatever you understand about him, you don't understand him if you do not know that his purpose is to draw you closer to God. So for those who just think, oh, and he's just like one of those angels. If you, hear, if you read verses 5 and 6, for those who fear angels, he says something about, about them. Verses 5 and 6 of Hebrews 1, For God never said to any of the angels that you are my son, today I have become your father. God also said, I will be his father and he will be my son. Then verse 6, And when he brought his supreme son into the world, God said, let all the angels worship him. Hallelujah. The writer of the Hebrews has seen people who in his own day and even up to today worship other gods. Okay, human beings like worshiping things that they can see. So some worship money. Some worship titles. Some worship kings. Some want titles so people can recognize them and hail them as this and that. He said, no, 
all of those things that you do, I want to draw your attention to something. If there's anything on anybody worth worshiping, bowing before, anything that you desire to know in this world, it is Jesus. He's the one you ought to know because he's above every angel. He is the son of the living God himself. And I want to introduce him to you. Then he said, these angels that you people worship, they are only spirits. And they minister because God has sent them. But as for Jesus, there's something about him. And the writer of the book of Hebrews says this clearly in verse 8. And I like what he says about Jesus in verse 8. The Christ of Christmas is introduced to us. Let's read together what he said about him in verse 8. If the Bible is yours, underline this. But to the Son, he says, your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You rule with a scepter of justice. Hallelujah. Of the Son, he said this, your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. Here's God speaking himself. Here's God introducing his Son. Here's this writer of the book of Hebrews. Tell us the credential of Jesus. Here's he telling us the Jesus of Christmas. He says, God says he's a son. Capital S. Father, son, and spirit. Three in one. Then he has a throne. A throne is where a king sits, a queen sits. So your throne, oh God. How long does it last? Forever and ever and ever and ever. He's the only one who lives forever. Wow. Methuselah lived 969 years or 1,000 years. He's gone. How long did the queen reign? Who is the oldest person you know? None of them will live forever and ever and ever. You see archaeologists who dig all kinds of things and tell us, oh, this was an ancient civilization, it is gone. They will dig up something, how they managed to date it. They say radiocarbon dating, that this existed a million years ago, it is gone. But we are introduced to a God who we are told is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. But we are not only told that he existed beginning and the end. He said, your throne, O God. The Bible calls him God. Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. Oh, my friend, do you know this God? Do you know this Christ of Christmas? They say, your rule. You rule with scepter of justice. What is justice? The world cries about justice. There are a lot of things that we are suffering in this world is because of injustice. The right things are not being done. When people have power, they can change right and say it is wrong. They can say black is white. They can change your sleeping place. They can do all kinds of things that money can do. But when the son judges you and says it is right, it is right. When he says it is wrong, it is wrong. So on Christmas Day, this child was born physically into our lives. And look at the accolades he's giving. Look at what he said about him. And God said all these things to encourage you and I to go back and study this Christ who is the Lord of Christmas and give your life and your heart to him. A few more things that we come to an end. He said, look, this king, he is the Lord. Look at verse 13. He said, no angel, no angel anywhere, whether it's called Michael or Gabriel or Seraphim or Cherubim, it's like him. And God never said to any of the angels, Sit at the place of honor at my right hand till I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. God has never said this to any, any of the angels. And he will not say to any of the kings, he will not say to any of the monarchs, any of the queens anywhere in this world. God will never say it. He only said it 
about his son. Why? Because the son was willing to come down on earth to reduce himself to our level so that he can show us who God is like. He can show us the heart of God, God's love, God's forgiveness, God's desire for human beings to come to him. And you know why he did all of this? That's the story of Christmas. God made the world and gave us Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve sinned against God and they ran away from God and chose not to follow God. And because of the sin factor, their children and their children's children, including you and I, have a tendency to always try to run away from God. But God decided to send someone else in the form of Adam, but a different Adam with a will, with a determination, with an anointing, with a power, with the word to lead us to God, a bridge to God. That yes, Adam got it wrong, but Jesus will get it right. And he got it right. He came and was born in a crib. He grew up. He defeated the devil with his word. He lived and did what God wanted him to do. And eventually, God was so pleased with him. He said, he never said to any of the angels, you, 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 these angels, yeah, you bow down before me. He said, no. But he said, sit at my place of honor, at my right hand. I will humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Let me ask you today, are you a friend of this Jesus? Oh, his friends are those who recognize that they need healing. They need salvation. Their sins ought to be forgiven. That they are crooks. That they are prostitutes. That they've done the wrong things. That their life is not worth anything. But they also know that God has sent a Messiah. And they accept this Messiah as their Lord and Savior. Jesus himself said it. He said, look, it is the sick who need a physician. The sick need a doctor. So he came to be the doctor of the world. He came to be the physician of the world. And all who receive him, he gave the right to become the children of God. That is what Christmas is about. That God in Christ is offering another opportunity to you and I to receive him as Lord and Savior. And after that, do what? Be carriers of the good news to everyone. Can you imagine it? When those shepherds came, when they came running, 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 and they saw Jesus, and they bowed down before him, and they worshipped him. You know what they did later on? They ran. We have seen him. We have seen him dancing everywhere. We have seen the Messiah. We've seen him. They were carrying the good news. That is what you are supposed to be doing. That this Christmas, you are carrying the news to everybody, inviting people to church, or telling them your testimony. I was blind. Now I can see. I was lost. Now I've been found. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Lord. That is the Jesus. Can you imagine the wise men who walked all the way or rode camel, whatever they, they did, and came and saw him? They went back excited, excited that they've seen him and they carried the good news everywhere. So that is the uniqueness of the Christ of Christmas. He came that we can have news to tell, good news to share. And Therefore, anybody who is worshipping angels or money or anything else is totally lost. They haven't got it. But let's take the last verse. A verse that means a lot in this context but has been interpreted or misinterpreted by so many. He's again comparing Jesus to what he is, who he is, and what angels, the supernatural, do in his life and ministry. So therefore, angels are only servants. Spirit is sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. 
The writer of the book of Hebrews is telling us all the things that God does so that those who need to come to Christ will come to Christ. Look, I can tell you stories upon stories. People going to crusades, and some people may want to trap them and juju them for them to have an accident. They don't even know how they got to their destination because the angels fly things off, things that the enemy intended to happen never happens. The way he has sent things to kill you, they never kill you because they are knocked off the way. God sends his angels to protect you and I at his own command. He's not asking that you command them. He said, therefore, angels are only seven spirits sent to take care of people who will inherit salvation. That when you receive Christ, he has ways of protecting you. It's not the angels, but it's the Lord who sent them. And that is one of the benefits you get from the Christ of Christmas. That his protection is sure. Because he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Why does the Bible go into this? And what are we to do about the Christ of Christmas? As I bring the service to a close. Three things. One, that because he's the savior, he's the gift God has given to this world, not like the Adam of old, you must accept him as your Lord and savior. Lord, I accept you this Christmas. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Secondly, Lord, since you are the savior, I worship you. I bow before you. No idols, no money, no big man, no big women, no party, nothing. You are the only one worthy of worship. And when I enter that church house or I hear that music, maybe I worship to you where I humble myself before you. Last but not least, Lord, give me as an opportunity to tell people the reason for the season is that the Lord is the Savior. He has come and is ready to come into your life. If you say, Lord, I receive you as the Lord of my life, come and direct me. If you pray a prayer like this sincerely, I'm telling you, the Christ of Christmas will not only be a historical fact, but you become the Lord who lives in your life. And with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit making their home in your heart, he will guide you and direct you. Stay blessed. In Jesus' name. Amen. You just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church, headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Degbe. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us on Sunny FM every Saturday from 8 to 8.30 p.m. for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locate us right opposite the Mr. Biggs restaurant in Adabraka near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. As well, we're in Shiashi across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In Oibi, we're near the Cares Valley Event Center at the Goyal Filling Station. Our Amasamine campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamine Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano, opposite the Botiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via calvarybaptistghana at yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024-369-0485 or 0302-231-854 or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200-181680. God bless you.